Hello there. Welcome to the Yummy Factor, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the mesmerizing world of filming food commercials. I'm Xander, food and tabletop director, and I'll be sitting down with the true masters of the craft, including directors, food stylists, practical special effects wizards, and anyone involved in this crazy world to hopefully shed some light on what it takes to make food look absolutely mesmerizing on screen. Today, I'm talking to Vinnie Hoyne, director of photography, who is always playing with the latest technology for shooting innovative film commercials. You can check out his stuff on the link in the description. Welcome, Vinny. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I think it's really cool and I'm excited because obviously you are the person that I work with the most on a set, creating beautiful food photography. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to to talk about like what I think is one of the strangest jobs in the world. Every time I have to tell people or family members what I do, everyone is like, what? You do what? Yeah, they don't get it really. I mean, this is a really weird job. And I think most of the people, they don't understand what we are doing. And it's actually super simple. We're just becoming really, really good at making food look delicious on camera. <laughs> but uh, that is hard enough. Like you worked many, many, many years in the industry, like on music videos and commercials and stuff. And then at some point you got into tabletop. What are the things that you know now after working so many years on tabletop that you would have liked to know on your first jobs shooting food? Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, th I think I guess to be patient and not rushing too much. I think time is a big crucial factor in, in tabletop uh, in general. It's, it just takes time, you know, and I think when I started out, I was too, uh, probably <laughs> too young for that. And I was like, oh my God, this is not happening. You know, let's just make it differently or something. And it's, um, I think that really takes a lot of time. And I think people don't, don't get that, you know, when, when they, when they, plan tabletop shoots I think and, and this is something I really learned to be patient and if a, a certain drop or a, a burger flip or whatever it is you know it doesn't work the first time or the second time then then the whole crew gets already impatient and nervous and the clients and agency are kind of biting their fingernails and and they're like oh it's so expensive you know like we don't get it and, and that, that's something really I, I think that's That's what, what I learned most is I think just to give it time. Yeah, for sure. I guess like one of my jobs is calming people down. <laughs> yes. Because I mean, like we've been doing this over and over and over again. And, and what you say is like, if things don't happen the second or third time, people start getting super, super antsy and super impatient and just like transmitting that calmness is like, dude, Don't worry. This is always like this. We're going to have to make it maybe a hundred times until it looks perfect. <laughs> It's part of the job. Yeah, yeah, that definitely is something that I, I guess we both had to learn. What do you think as a tabletop director of photography is your main responsibility on set? Well, I think I'm covering the whole visual side, you know. I think the director is there for the content and for the plan. What are we shooting? And I'm kind of, I think, executing the visual side of it, you know, and just to put my input in, in it as well, like in pre-production 
how we can achieve the best result with less equipment and and like to be very efficient i think this is my side and and of course it has to be look super yummy or, or whatever it's it's asking for you know so it's basically because <laughs> I, i i know you because we work together so much And I can kind of like get into this, like, obviously, like I give you a shot list and then I tell you, okay, this is, this is what we wanted to like, Ooh. <laughs> and then you start going like, okay, I know I need all of this equipment. And then obviously a producer tells you like, listen, you have to get like most of this stuff rid of your list and still get it done and still make it super fast. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's like this. I I think on on every job, you know, you 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 figure it out. Like the director, uh, I I mean, you and me, and and we were like, okay, we do it this way, we do it that way. Okay, let's try it that way. And then I'm gonna write down a list, you know, send it to the producer, or, and he's just calling me back, like, are you nuts, you know? And I mean, this is too much, you know, too much equipment, too much lights, you know. I mean, we we have this this budget, and and so we have to cut it down fifty percent, you know. And I'm like, oh, geez, you know, like how are we doing this? But do you think it's mostly producers who might not shoot tabletop all the time that don't understand that sometimes you do need a lot of light? I well, I I think I think producers we work or I work is is uh, they're pretty experienced, you know. It's I think it's just a big pressure out there. I think nowadays, I mean, even like big production houses who are really specialized in tabletop, you you you, you still get these calls, you know, that it's too much, you know. And I think there's just you know a big competition out there, and and also like if three productions getting asked to to do the pitch, you know, for a certain project, and and it's just I think whatever it's deciding at the end is the budget, you know, and uh, not maybe so much the reputation of the production house, but but the budget they are su submitting and. If that is too much, you know, they might lose it, you know, they might not get the job. So, so I think it's just a big hustle. What is it? What, what, like, I mean, like, and I know these calls because, you know, like everything, like, like, I feel like every dolly, every light, every lamp, everything is like too much, too much, too much. Like we're used to like cutting down budget and making everything quicker and shooting like this insane amount of shots in a single day. How do we approach this normally? Like when they tell us like, hey, we want to have the shot, but we don't have the light to properly light it. Like what have been like your favorite tools to circumvent this? Well, I think the solution nowadays to open up several setups, you know, multiple sets, you know, at the same time and shoot it like, and, and you run from set A to set B, fourth and back, you know, or C or D even, you know, or five setups. And you still have one DP and one director, you know, to supervising five setups at the same time. So there's some compromise you have to do beforehand, you know, it's definitely not ideal. And I think for, for me, the ideal would be having more time, you know, and, and do it after each other, you know, the shots and not at the same time, you know, but that's, I think how it works nowadays, you know, and, and I think like also in pre-production, it's, it's good to have also a plan B already in, in mind, you know, in case that it's too expensive or too complicated, or we might not get it in, in the day of shoot, you know, well, at the end we have to deliver it. So we have to make sure that it really works, you know, and I think, A plan B is always good to have. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe even plan C or D, you know? <laughs> and I really like to work with small crews and stuff. So that's actually very cost effective. So what's your ideal crew and, and how do you like working on set? Uh, well, the I ideal crew, well, we, we need all positions, you know, I think we can't skip anybody, you know, but it's like the ideal crew is uh, to have people who understand tabletop. 
in, in your crew. I mean, it really comes down to the Dolly Crip who really has, has done that before, you know, and can help you executing certain tasks like Lenz, for example, in Hamburg, you know, is a famous, a very, very well-known key grip and he really helps us to to pull off certain shots with just regular equipment you know grip equipment so sometimes we don't we don't need a bolt you know to do a certain shot he's he's just pushing it by hand or like circulation rigs or something and spinning rigs and i really um i'm really open to suggestions from my crew and if they really have done tabletop before um uh, really listening to them and sometimes they give really good advice you know like experienced focus pullers for example they can really make your life very very easy you know uh, and sometimes they they avoid mistakes which i might do you know yeah I, i think an ideal crew for tabletop is people who know it like especially when you know the tension is high the money is low you know the time is limited you want people to understand you know what can go wrong with tabletop i mean like so many times I've been asked, like, do you really need a first AD, like an assistant director? Because it's only tabletop. It's like, we're only there, you know, in a small space filming a burger. And like, dude, like, like, especially <laughs> in tabletop, you need a first AD because, you know, all these things have to come in at the same time. You know, you have the food stylist prepping the food, you have the lighting, you have the whatever, a hand model. And, you know, food is also like not getting better. It starts dying. If you have a burger with, with salad, uh, you know, the salad starts dying. So you have like a window of like a couple of minutes to, to shoot the burger and, and showing its best face, so to speak. So I think a first AD, I mean, to me, for example, uh, is, is like one of the key people and and i love having a, the first ad involved in the project even weeks before starting to shoot for to, to to exactly that like what you what you said like to have a plan b and and know like everything's that can go wrong and like like have a tight discussion with everyone i think the ad is also really important the position because it's just scheduling multiple sets Uh, he has, he has an eye on, on everything, you know, even on the salad, on the burger, like, okay, dude, we have to shoot this now because, you know, there's no way we can get this salad fresh looking again, you know, so we have to replace it and we have to redress it. And it takes another 10 minutes or 15 minutes for the food stylist. And so it's just to have an experienced person who has, has an eye on that, you know, on these problems, you know. Because it is a little bit like a restaurant, you know, like everything has to come out at the right time. It's like if the burger is, is, is too early and the lights aren't set up. You know, it does, you know, you just have to do it again because the burger or the salad or, or whatever, you know, of course there are some foods that, you know, you, you can film longer, but, but yeah, I mean, timing is everything and, and keeping everything in check and the communication open with, with, with everyone involved. And yeah, I mean, like sometimes we're in a set and, and it's a very small space, but I feel that a, a bad first assistant director will not communicate well enough and nobody knows what's going on. Everyone is standing around <laughs> and I know you hate this. I, I, I really feel you going all antsy and looking around and then like going like, what's going on people? <laughs> so what are we waiting for? You know, like <laughs> everybody's waiting for, for somebody else, you know, and then, yeah, it's great to have an AD who has really is, is running the set, you know, because it's, it's just so very time effective and, saves the production i think in the end uh a lot of money you know is there anyone else that is sort of like your best friend on set that you that you really need a good person there to help you out oh I, the first ac the camera assistant the focus puller i mean i really rely on my camera crew and i'm lucky i mean that most of them uh, are really experienced and 
especially in tabletop and high speed cinematography. And they help me so much, you know, I mean, the, because I keep forgetting things, you know, certain filters in the camera and I completely forgot about that. And like the first AC is then like pulling me on the side, like, Hey dude, do you, you still want to shoot this filter? And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I have still had this filter and like, <laughs> pull it out and stuff like this. So I, I, sometimes it's like so hectic on, on the set. And I think the AC is really my strong shoulder, you know, <laughs> I can really rely on, you know? Yeah, there's a second pair of eyes, you know, like, because I mean, like, there's so many things to, to keep in mind while, while, while doing these things, because, you know, the sauce is stripping, you know, the focus, the light, the this, the that, the director telling you the client wants it brighter, it's too dark. <laughs> oh my God, I heard that so many times, like, oh, we need more light, more light, dude. Also, the, the DIT is very important to have an eye on the footage, you know, and so they're checking it afterwards. And if something is not really exposed well or something uh, we can we can figure it out on the set and not not afterwards i think that's really important you know and of course the gaffer you know i mean this is all about lighting you know my job so it's it's i'm really lucky that i had the chance to work with really wonderful gaffers you know uh, worldwide and it's and they are so much they, they they work every day, you know, and, and they shoot everyday commercials or feature films. And I might do like two shoots a month, you know, but they work constantly. So they are much more experienced than yourself, to be honest, you know. And they have also a very, um, they give you also like very good input on new technology with, which is available because they, they work with that stuff the whole time, you know. So sometimes like when I, when I call them prior to project and like, uh, tell them, okay, we might need these units, you know, and, and then the gaffer or it's like, well, let's maybe try that, that lighting unit that's brand new. You know, we just got a, like a, a bunch of units uh, at the rental house. Let's just check them out. Let's just take them with us on, on the truck and, and, and just, just figure it out and play around with it, you know, and sometimes these advices or they, they are really valuable for me. For sure. Like I know for a fact that you're one of the people who are very interested in technology and, and what gadgets are coming out and trying new things. And I know this because I always see it on set, but can you talk a little bit about what kind of technology, be it lights, be it lenses, be it moving lights, what are you like using and been testing out lately? Well, like in the old days, lighting was really crucial and high speed. You know, you had flicker problems, you had enormous heat admitting from the lighting sources. So that was a big, big track, you know, to shoot, you know, and, and it was like you had to wear sunglasses or like, I think it was you who, who, who burned the jacket. Yeah. Right. Like you, you, you want to grab something and you came too close to a certain light. And boom, there was, <laughs> you, you check it burned, you know? <laughs> and so that, that kind of stuff is like, wow, that, that doesn't make your life easy, you know? And also for the food stylists, I think a big, big problem. And, and the food. <laughs> and the food, of course. Yeah. And, and I think nowadays with the new technology, especially in LED technology or like I'm using a lot of moving lights, you know, which are like admitting no heat, you know. Can you explain what moving lights are? Oh, yeah. They are like more from stage equipment. Um, they are these, these kind of rock and roll lights who are like computer controlled. So these lights that they use at all, in all these concerts to kind of like follow the, the, the people on stage and making all these effects. Yeah. These beams, these wonderful beams, and you can uh, choose all colors, you know, and, and they're really strong. I really like them. And they're the new uh, units they are led based so they don't flicker and of course we have we have to shoot tests prior to the shoot but normally they don't flicker and and that's for example a great technology which i really like not to make the life 
too hard on the people on the set, you know? And and that, I think, is a typical example of how, yeah, may, maybe the lights and the operators are a little bit more expensive, but you save so much time on sets that, you know, the costs are worth the workflow. You know, it's like if you can move much faster because you have code lights that don't flicker, that you can move around, that you can like, like instantly with a controller change the light and effect and make, even make like little effects like rays of sunlight or, or whatever it is. I think, you know, some producer have to understand like, yes, we're spending more money on this, but you know, we're going to have a much smoother sailing when we're shooting. I think exploring those technologies are, are really important. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, you need a dimmer board operator and, and a good one actually, or some, some gaffers are, are doing that with, um, control the, these lights with their iPads, you know? I mean, this is also a technology, which is great. You can like just sit next to the camera and you can turn on and off all the lights remotely now and change the colors and, and the beam angles and everything. And it's just a uh, really wonderful. You can just sit next to the camera with that iPad and then just try different, different colors on it, different light moods and stuff like this. Uh, it's, it's all on your fingertips, you know, nowadays and. And like 10 years ago, you had to like walk to the lighting source, turn it on, pan it. And it was huge and heavy and hot, you know, and you did like three guys to pull that light off the, off the tripod or the stand. I mean, it's a big re revolution at the moment in lighting, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's really great. I love it. Especially a tabletop. It really makes complete sense to use these new technologies. No. I mean, and, and you being a DP, I think, I think I would make a huge disservice if I didn't ask this question. What is your favorite camera to shoot with? Oh, it really depends on the project. Um, poor. Uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to mention any brands now, but it's like, you know, that's like, there's, there's so much new stuff out there at the moment. And, even you know, sometimes it even makes sense to shoot on a on a on a mobile phone, you know, for for certain shots, you know. And if 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 you want to get that style and the grittiness or something, you know, then then it's maybe good to to work with a GoPro, or whatever, you know. But it's, it's like um, it, it really depends. On, on most most of the time, we have at least I think three cameras on the set anyway, because we have to shoot these multiple sets, you know. And they are all all different cameras, um, uh, part part of the uh, of the package, you know. So DSLRs and, and Venice or Alexas and stuff, or Phantoms, of course, of high speed. You know, if you shoot high speed, you need certain cameras as well. And then sometimes we, or I have to shoot the story as well, not not only the tabletop part, the story of the commercial, you know, with family on the table or whatever, or yeah, like the live action, like the people, the people smiling, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, that requires a different camera package you know and uh different frame rates to shoot at and so that's a whole bunch of equipment which which adds up you know at the end you mentioned style and i know tabletop is a specific niche but i think there's so many different styles of tabletop do you feel there's different styles of tabletop do you feel like you have your own style like like, like what yeah talk a little bit about styles I mean, if you look at food cinematography or photography, you know, I think it gets pushed by photography first, first of all. There are certain fashion trends, you know, I think, and I don't necessarily try to follow these trends. I just pick whatever I like, you know, but 
I don't have a certain style. What I, what I really like is contrast in general. I think that's, that's really, I, I don't like this kind of even lit tabletop world. You know, I really like shadows. I'm not afraid of shadows and contrasts. Um, sometimes it's too much. So we get these comments from the video village, from the agency or clients like, Oh, we need to see it a bit brighter, you know? <laughs> Uh, we can't see our product, you know, that's, oh, of course, you have to consider that as well. You know, it's, that That's why they spend that much money, you know, but generally I really like contrast a lot. Yeah. And also like there are certain trends. If you, if you watch social media, you know, you have like so much tabletop content and, and you, you figure out pretty, pretty quickly that it's following a certain trends. And then a month later, nobody talks about it anymore. You know, the, there's, there's a new tool out there or. Obviously the, the, these, um, these, these food photography that, that is like the cameras moving the whole time where they just take a DSLR in their hands and they go in with it, go out with it. They twist the camera, they yeah. flip the camera. And yeah, I remember when, when people first started using, especially phones, you know, you can just take your phone in your hand and really like make these complicated camera moves especially if you don't have a robot or a motion control. And that style became very popular, but, but I, I almost feel like people are like super over it. And, and that style is a little bit missing sometimes. I feel the point of making food look good. It's just flashy for the sake of being flashy. But then they forget that the burger still has to look super yummy and that the pizza has like the cheese has to be melty. And, you know, like, like they forget that about the food and they're, they're playing more with the tech and style than making food look good. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, 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 I think everything has to be there for a purpose. And I think, Tabletop is about the product, you know, or if, if it's food or, or whatever, a coffee machine or whatever. It's like the, 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 your, your first goal is to, to make that product look, look beautiful and, and yummy and, and, and adorable and, and everything, you know. So sometimes these crazy camera movements, they they kind of pull you out of that, you know, or away from that. And, and sometimes, um, you, you don't even look at the product anymore, you know. And I think that's something, yeah, I, I really like new toys and stuff, but that's something I really have to pull myself down sometimes. Okay. I said like, Hey, really, is it's about the product, you know? So let's just not to get too crazy, you know? <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. True. One question that I want, I want to mention is like a lot of DPs and I feel most DPs working in tabletop do uh, DP and direct. A lot of times they, they also take on the helm of a director, but I know for a fact that you don't. Um, can you tell us why you, you, you prefer just sticking to the DP side of the job? Well, I really like to hide behind my camera, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so it's like, if, so, <laughs> if, if like, I don't know, I, it's like, I'm really happy to to send the director over to Video Village if there's any any discussions. And like, okay, you you figure it out. You know, I just sit here, you know, or stand here next to my camera. I really like it, and you just, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, I, I think also like two people. I think you get more um, input from another person mm -hmm. than if you only figure it out yourself. And I think the, the other person can really like center you in a way, you know, and, and get you back on track, you know, sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that that's why it was made to, to, that that's why you have a director and a cinematographer, you know, normally 
normally they're like two two different guys or, or girls or whatever. But it's like nowadays, I think the pressure gets too much. So, so they'd rather invite director DPs to a pitch, you know, but I think, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have so much ambitions, you know, to be a director, you know, I really enjoy playing with my reflectors, you know, my little tools and sit there and just make it look nice. What is something that makes your cinematographer heart beat faster? Like what makes you happy? Is it a shot that looks good? Is it when you see the finished product? Like, like what, what makes you, you know, uh, get up in the morning and really go out there and say like, ah, I love my job. Every job is really different. This is asking for a different solution to come up with. So that's something I, I think I really like, you know, traveling I like as well. You meet so many wonderful people. It's really my, my nature. I love that job, you know, and I'm also a very technical guy. So I really like to play around with all these tools, you know, or invent new tools or make your, my own little shiny boards or whatever, you know, it's, a, it's, it's something you, you can really, it's, it's very, it's very playful process, you know, maybe a little, I'm, I'm a little child still, you know, and I really like that kind of playing around and putting up a little, little stand here or a little light here, you know, to give another bounce or a little kicker on, on the product, you know, I'm really happy about that. And then when I see the final film and it's really well edited and the music came to it as well and and uh, when when i watch it and i really like it and i have a big smile on my face you know and sometimes like if nobody watches me is i i slap my my hand on my shoulder as i tell myself like hey Winnie, you did a good job you know i love it you know and that's something i really <laughs> do do in secret and not in public but I, i do it most of the time after the job you know and i watch the final film so i like ah, you did a good job i love it you know that's these kind of rewarding moments you know i really like at the end are there any like particular projects or like maybe projects you recently did that that were super fun or super special in any kind of way Well, I, I really like these, um, test films. Uh, actually, I do most, mostly with you. I really enjoy them, you know, with no, uh, like n not a real product. Sometimes it's completely fake or make it made up and, and we shoot in my backyard or somewhere else. And it's just us two or we get maybe two, two other guys joining the team, you know, a food stylist, maybe or a camera assistant and shoot little own projects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to, to mention that we definitely at least once or twice a year get together to shoot something by ourselves, like without a budget or anything. We just like come yeah. up with a project or we ask each other like, Hey, um, we haven't done ice cream or we haven't done chocolate or we haven't done whatever. And then we come up with a little project and an idea and we pitch around like some films, some moods, some pictures. And then we get together in your backyard with your Sony Alpha or whatever we have, or sometimes even some brands send us some lenses or camera equipment just to test it out. Yeah, for testing. Yeah. And then mm. we can play like we're super free and we just do whatever we feel like. And then we edit that together. And, and yeah, you're right. Most of those films have a specific energy and like a specific spirit that is really fun to watch. And I think that has also helped us to get some bigger jobs, actually. Yeah, most of the, the agencies or clients, they really love these test films we do. And then we get awarded for the job. But in the end, yeah, we have to kind of get back on track, you know, we, we can't get too wild, you know, on a certain project, you know, so they just keep that as maybe as an visual base. And, and then, yeah, we, we, we go from there, you know. The real life sets in and we're back to serving a client, which I think we do pretty well. Yeah. 
that's it for this episode of The Yummy Factor. If you like the show, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have questions, you can find the contact information in the description box. The Yummy Factor airs every second Wednesday of the month. 